Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All right, guys. Welcome to Hot Rods and Happy Hour. This is Rob Pitts. Hot Rod! What's happening, dude? Welcome back, everybody, to the second half of our Thanksgiving special. That's right. So we're talking about cars we're thankful for. We are. So now I talked about my little Falcon. You did. Now, I want to know about a car that you're thankful for, and please don't let it be a B-body wagon. Oh, it's not. It's not. Actually, I'm I'm a totally... Thank you. I'm going to switch gears. I'm going to talk about a car that wasn't even mine that I'm thankful for. Really? Really. That would be my dad's 1980 Chevy Silverado. Square body Silverado. Square body, two-door, boring as can be. But it wasn't. My dad got this car when I was uh truck. Tr- <laughs> well, it's, it's a car. It's automobile. No, my dad got th- this truck. Sorry. Um, when I was let's see, how old was I? I was probably eight years old when he got it. Um, and twenty. I'm twenty seven now, so nearly twenty years ago. And uh, the truck was originally a diesel truck. Had the Oldsmobile three fifty diesel motor in it, and uh, very actually very rare option. Um, somewhere along the lines that had been swapped out, it had a regular Oldsmobile gas-powered 350 in it, but it still had, like, diesel stuff. Like, yeah, so, it had diesel gauges. Yeah, so it, when you turn it on, the glow plug light came on still. Um, it had the dual battery set up under the hood. had dual tanks, which was kind of odd for that truck. Um, and, of course, it was heavy-duty. Yeah. But, you know, kind of heavy-duty. <laughs> kind of. As heavy-duty as a half-ton truck can get. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was like a, a, a kind of like a three-quarter ton, half-ton truck. <laughs> That's kind of what it was. It's kind of-ish. Had a helper spring. Does that help? It was a 916th ton. Yes, exactly. But other than that, there's nothing really special about the truck. But what was cool is it is, is the truck that my brother and I both learned to drive in. That's kind of cool. Um, yeah, and, you know, I parallel parked in this thing for the first time, which is a good short truck to do. Um, Short bed, regular cab. Right. Um, I drove this truck all through high school. My brother did as well. Uh, it was kind of a pass-me-down truck, and every time, it, you know, get a little more banged up here and there. Um, had my first automobile incident in this truck. Well, first two, actually. Uh, one, like, the um, ball bearing broke on it, and, like, I nosedived the truck into the ground. Um, ball joint. Yeah, ball joint. Um and just nose dri- nosedived the truck into the ground, luckily going at low speeds. But that was like my first scare incident in a car. Um, and then later on, I had it catch on fire on me. Actually, um, I was <laughs> actually we just got back running. This this truck's had a history, um, but we had just got back running one time because it it came to the point where it wasn't like our family's first car. It just kind of set off to the side. It became the trash truck inevitably. But um, I got back running because I love the truck. I'm talking about dashes out of it at this point. It's had wiring issues. The frame's been welded back together. Uh, all kinds of awesome stuff. Transmission been rebuilt, though, so it all. But, uh, no, I, I was getting it back together because I wanted to drive it. While I was driving, I drove down to the parts store in it like a test run, and I was on my way back, and I hit the radio on, and all of a sudden I, there's smoke boiling out from under the dash. Whatever happened there led to a problem outside under the hood and caused the flame to flare up. It was a chain reaction. There was a chain reaction of uh, it didn't want to play the radio that day. And uh, I remember whipping it off the road, putting the fire out, still ran, got in it, drove it home. 
about our whole life of having this truck, the this key switch on it went out, and it had a push button start. You had to put the key in, push button, start it because it was bypassed. But I mean, it was a great truck. So you had to unlock the column and then crank it. Unlock the column and then crank it via push button. So you couldn't just run off with the car. No, that was cool. Like if you just hit. Let's the, just want to run a straight line. Yeah, if, if you just hit the button and. Uh, um, if you just hit it and set their press, it just spun over. It would never start. You had to actually turn the ignition on, which I thought was pretty funny. It's cool. Uh, anti- theft deterrent. Yeah, theft deterrent. But no, I mean, so much great memories out of this truck. You know, like I said, driving to high school and all that. And it being the first truck and, you know, something that, like, well, I've talked about this before, and it's in my bio on the 1063WRD.com page um, talking about this truck. It was what me and my dad worked on together. Of course, I you know I come up a little lower class than most, and for a while this was our only vehicle. This was our only means of transportation. So if it broke, we had to fix it. So and, it was you, you and your brother, and your your other brother, your younger brother, right? No, uh, no, well, I'm you're the, the baby. I'm the baby. And then the middle brother and your older brother, right? So three of y'all, mom and dad, in a short bed, regular cab, pickup truck. Well, mom's out of the picture at this time. You know, okay. I, I got a rough past. So, mom's out of the picture at this time, but you know, it is still. So this, this is the boys' car. This is the boys' car. That, I'm the, still counting four. Yeah, there's still four of us in this, uh, you know, short box single cab truck. Who rode in the back? A lot of times me, because I was the youngest. A lot of times me, which it did have a, have a camper shell on it for winter times. It was good, you know, the exhaust kind of kept it warm in there. <laughs> That explains a lot. Maybe. And maybe that, I'm starting to see a pattern. I'm thinking maybe that's Robert, I mean, Audrod, has anybody ever described what carbon monoxide poison is like? <laughs> I'm just throwing that out there. It might. You know what? That has a lot. It, it, it explains a lot, actually. All these uh, unclear thoughts and all. It's like, oh, okay, now looking back, we Was have you ever riding in the back of the truck and seen dragons? <laughs> <laughs> actually. I uh, witnessed my first wreck out of the back of that truck, oddly enough. We uh, got in one day, and we were heading to Gaffney, and I was riding in the back. And uh, watch a motorcycle veer off road and hit hit our. Now keep on, you're coming from Union, South Carolina, to Gaffney, riding in the back of a truck. Yeah, I mean that's that's cool stuff because you can't do. Do you realize what I, they? I've been to Myrtle Beach in the bed of that truck. But this is, I mean, I, I've got hauled from Myrtle Beach in the bed of a truck. <laughs> but that's a whole other story. But now this is the thing that's crazy. Now keep in mind, if you hauled your kids in the back of a truck. 30, 40 miles. It would put you under the jail. Oh, absolutely. This Lord, he's not in a safety seat. Hell, he ain't even in a seat. No, nah, we're sitting on the tire hump. You know what I'm saying? I mean, the inner fender well. I mean, that's, oh, man. I mean, like, can you imagine? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, we actually put a uh, reverse uh, bench seat in it at one point so you could ride. <laughs> it's like riding in a reverse seat blazer, full convertible, though. But it was good times, which, you know, is always that truck drove a passion for me because I've owned like five square bodies since then, including a Blazer. So those are fun trucks, though. They're awesome trucks. They look good. I don't care what you do to them. I don't care if it's a rust bucket. It looks good. Well, they're, 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 they're just, it's a beautiful truck. And like I said, 73 through 87, those trucks were just timeless. The 80s is a kind of oddball year, though, is, you know, you don't see too many 80s because it has the full bezeled headlights. It's got the square headlights in it still. It was like, you know, post having the round headlights, but wasn't it cool enough for the four headlights and all that? So it's kind of a little odd body style there it kind of fell into. Um, but still an awesome truck. I tell you, speaking on square bodies, my grandpa had a square body. And it was his trash truck. It was a 73. Everybody <laughs> had a square a, body trash they truck. They make a great trash truck. <laughs> but the thing that was crazy about this truck he bought, he bought it for 800 bucks to haul trash in. But it was a 73 half ton, brown and white, two-tone. Ooh. 
rusted out quarters across the back of the bedsides. And what I love is they took white sheet metal, like the aluminum sheet metal, like for trailers and stuff, right. and screwed it over the rust holes. <laughs> like you like you can't even tell. Fixed. Fixed. Bingo. I mean, it's white, ain't it? You know? <laughs> but this was that. But it had a 454 in it. I thought that was the coolest thing. And that truck oh, yeah. was the burnout king. And see, that was the cool thing about trucks like that. It was nothing to find a Big Ten with a 454 slammed under the hood. I love it, They man. were everywhere. And most of them were long beds, oddly yeah. enough. Well, I mean, you got to think about it. People bought trucks to use back then, not just cruise around. Yeah, then. people bought trucks for trucks. But, I mean, this thing was cool, Dad. It always kept snow tires on the back just, you know, for that once-a-year snowing we had and get a little good traction on it, you know, because it was a two-wheel drive truck. But, I mean, just the memories wrapped around that thing. We need some more traction. Yeah. Who else is going to hop back there? <laughs> I, we have filled the bed up with logs and junk before to get traction in snow. You know, Love you got you to gotta make it to church on Sunday. And That's don't right. Schoolhouse closed, but church house still going. That's what I'm screaming. But, I mean, there's been so many good times. I've slept in the bed of it because we used to live out in the country. So it wasn't nothing. Summertime, I'd go outside and sleep in the bed of the truck. Good times. Uncomfortable ones, too, probably. But They were a little rigid, you know what I mean? I would say. <laughs> and that metal back then, it didn't give. Not none. Not, not near bit. But, you know, I love that truck. And I you know, even remember with square bodies, even younger, back when we lived up in Michigan, Dad always had a couple old blazers lying around. Oddly enough, back then, good memory, is uh, Dad had a uh, square body bed as a trash trailer back then. Really? Yeah. So, that was the trash trailer. <laughs> yeah, that was the trash trailer. It was the, it was the bed of a square body C10, but uh, it's good times. So. It's, it's so funny. You had a trash trailer, and I was trailer trash as a kid growing up. <laughs> How crazy does that work? That's crazy. Speaking of crazy, we had to uh, take some more commercial breaks. So uh, plenty more to talk about, more things we're thankful for right here on Hot Rods and Happy Hour. On 106.3 W. All right, guys, welcome back to Hot Rods and Happy Hour. We're talking about automotive things we're thankful for. We've talked about cars we're thankful for. Yeah, i got to throw in a quick mention, though. Uh, my 96 uh, Mazda B3000, my little Ford Ranger with M badges. This is a truck that six years ago on Thanksgiving Day I rolled about, I don't know, somewhere around ten times. Uh, sent me to the hospital for a brief minute. Um, I, I think I was concussed. Uh, I, think, I think between the carbon monoxide... And the Mazda story here yeah. explains so much. But I'm thankful for Mazda slash Ford Ingenuity for keeping me alive through this wreck because it, it was ugly. It was. I mean, well, those trucks were ugly even before the wreck. But right. I, well, I, helped, I helped that one out. You yeah, know, I you, insisted in its ending. So. You put it out of its misery. <laughs> you put it out of its misery clock. But yeah. Um, it was an ugly tree anyway. <laughs> it was an ugly truck anyway. But uh, yeah, I definitely ended that one's life. Uh, it was a good running truck, though. I hate that. But very thankful for Ford Sheet Metal on that one. That's what I'm screaming. <laughs> well, let's move along. Let's let's talk about some uh, automotive innovation, uh, innovations that we're thankful for. Innovations that we are thankful for. Uh, some of them we didn't even see get invented, but still very thankful for them. And one of them, uh, you ever pulled start a lawnmower? Yeah, actually I have. Have you ever uh, cranked a car with the front engine crank? No. Well, ha- have you? If you've ever done any of those two things, lawnmower not so bad, but uh, a frisky tra- chainsaw with a pull start on it—that's rough business. Weed eater. Weed eater. Yeah. Leaf blower. Leaf blower. They'll all make you pressure washer. Yeah, that too. Generator. The story goes on. Guy, other pulser, pull start things. Mm, tiller. Tiller is a good one. Snowplow. <laughs> Uh, for those who are up north. But uh, if you've ever done this, um, you'll know what a pain it is. But then there was this cool invention that I think is uh, worthy of being on the top of our list for innovations we appreciate, and that is the starter. 
The electric starter. The electric starter, yes. You know, the thing you got to think about also. <laughs> because you were the manual starter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You are the manual starter. The thing you got to think about when these, when the Model A's and, you know, all this stuff, the Model T, actually, more precisely, right. when they first came out. And I, I want to give you a little classic tidbit of information, kids. When you look at a vintage car, and you'll ever notice in the bottom of the grill, in every vintage car, whether it's a 32 Ford, whether it's a 40 Ford, where it's... Any Ford product from the 40s, early 40s, back, you'll always notice the bottom of the grill, there's a hole there. Right. And they might even have a little badge over it. Right. Do you know what that is? So you can still manually start it. Even yep. after the electric starter, it was the backup. It was the backup, yeah. But the thing you got to think about, turning the motor over, you had to be a man. Oh, yeah. But when she caught, you better be quick or it was going to eat your arm off. Yeah. Imagine starting a modern motor. Oh, it would beat you to death. You, you're not fast enough. Yeah. I mean, a smoking, choking flat four... You could do something with it. <laughs> That's probably, virtually like cranking a pressure washer. Yeah, you could probably stop it even though it's starting. Exactly. But imagine starting a newer, a modern motor that way. That thing would tear your arm you off. Would, you would never turn it fast enough, no, probably. No, you can never get the RPM. But, I mean, you think about I mean, tolerances on things were, I mean, horrible. I mean, yeah. it wasn't even close. Piston slap, that was something you had from the factory. I mean, it's just, yeah, I mean, like, it fits, don't it? <laughs> But uh, but I mean you got to think about I mean thousands we're talking inches you know but uh, oh, yeah. but and and that's the thing you got to think about I mean these things I mean that I mean that's a way of life you you went out there to crank your car and I mean you you basically took like a speed handle virtually you know like for a rat you know you know like for a socket you know like a speed handle rat, a wrench and you turned it to crank the engine over yep. and once it caught you better jerk back or it was going to throw you in the floor and beat you <laughs> yeah. to death yeah it would definitely tear you up um there's actually a really good uh i don't know why this came to mind but i grew up on good cartoons like popeye and things <laughs> and the fourth of july popeye you can actually go on youtube and search it he's got an old crank car and it beat him up and that, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but that yeah that if you want google the uh, you fourth better of eat july, your spinach if you're gonna do that exactly if you want google the fourth of july popeye if you've never seen a car that you actually had to hand crank there's a prime example of one right there, uh, but yeah, the electric starter man, great innovation. Imagine if you if you cranked it while it was in gear. Ooh, yeah, it that, would. So it beat you to death and drive over and you at the same time for you. Um, and keep going. Yeah, because I don't think there was a park safe on old cars. Yeah, I don't think they had neutral safety switches <laughs> yeah. back in the day. Yeah, back in the thirties, I don't think that was a thing. I think safety was, really wasn't paramount then. <laughs> Uh, moving on uh, to another innovation. Um, this one is, doesn't necessarily involve the car in and of itself, but you use it on it, and that is the impact wrench. It is. Well, I won't tell you. You know, <laughs> if you've ever used a four way to change a wheel, oh yeah, you do not realize how lucky you are to have an impact. Oh yeah. And now we have electric impacts. The old vroom vroom. I mean, oh, the electric impacts are. I mean, no air hose, no air compressor. I mean, all you need is a twenty volt battery and you know your little zippy wrench, and you can pop lugs off all day. You can pop lugs, but you know more so than that. How about just take like general disassembly of any kind of parts on the car? Anything. It makes life so much easier. I mean, versus getting out your old screwdriver and just sitting there, and it slipping off three or four times. You scratch the paint, you bust your knuckles. All that can be eliminated. With the impact wrench, and what better, uh, you know, thing to be thankful for? That's a great innovation. Oh yeah. So that's awesome. I think we can move on past that one. How about EFI? Electronic fuel injection. See, to me, this one, um, this one kind of covers the convenience factor, much like our first thing on the list. 
Because now you live in a day where, you know, you can just press that button on your key ring and your car started up warm. And when you go out there, it's running, it's warmed up, it's ready to go. The seat's warm. <coughs> Everything's ready for you. You couldn't do that in an old carburetor. No. Well, I mean, you know, some carburetors are better than others. Right. But I'm going to tell you something. No two carburetors are the same. No. And then that was something, you know, some were cold-natured, some weren't. Some idled well, some didn't. Some loaded up, some didn't. You know, that's the thing with it. But with electronic fuel injection, it kind of evened the playing field. It would adjust itself for, you know, different weather changes, temperature changes, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Virtually eliminating the warm-up process. I mean, you can jump in it and drive, take off. Absolutely. Um, Another thing, too, though, it's more than convenience. you got to think about this. How about economy? Oh, yeah. Well, it, it's like I sat down to the numbers on uh, the wagon the other day. 500 horsepower. I run this thing ragged and, you know, all the time getting on it and everything like that. And yet this car is making 17 miles to the gallon. Well, another thing about electronic fuel injection, too, you got to think about it. I mean, when you look at a carburetor and how it actually works. Yes. Pray it's a thousand spray. water it even works. It's pray and spray. But, but I mean, this is so much more precise. I mean, you got injectors firing at the precise moment. I mean, it's like... Delivering the exact amount, whether it's more or less than the next one to it. Exactly. You know, and adjusting that fuel pressure and fuel rate, you know, for the temperature. And it does all this, you know, with a computer. Electron fuel injection come a long way. You know, originally they came out with mechanical fuel injection, which right. was a joke. It was worse than a carburetor. But... The uh, the electronic fuel injection changed the car game, and I'll be honest with you, it's changed the hot rod hobby all the way around oh, because yeah. that's the new that's the, the new thing. And now, of course, they've got the throttle bodies. You know, now they got the throttle body style setups that people are putting on the carburetors, carburetor style engines. Oh yeah, companies like MSD, Fast, FI Tech, um, you know, Holly, Holly, Holly uh, all these guys have stepped in, and now you can retrofit. Like you know, we talked about it be a perfect candidate would be your truck. Yeah. Um, with the old big block in it, the carburetor, it gives you fits, and it probably always will. It's a quadrajet. That's what they do. A quadrajunk, as my dad calls them. Um, but you know, there you go. There's your solution. There's the EFI setup, and now you got a period looking correct. Hot and they're rod. getting cheaper and cheaper. Yes, they are. Hold it, out a couple of years. But speaking of holding out, you got to hold out on the next comment because we got another commercial break to make. All right, guys, stay tuned. We got a lot of things we're still talking about right here on Hot Rods and Happy Hour. I'm um, 106.3 W. All right, guys, welcome back to Hot Rods and Happy Hours. This is Rob Pitts. Hot Rod! What's happening, dude? What's the next automotive innovation that we are thankful for? I think everyone will join me in being thankful for this one. How about power adders? Power adders are a good one. Power adders are very much good to be thankful for. There's nothing better than a little sneaky bottle of nitrous sitting by your side. A sneaky that, bottle. Sitting in your center console that you can reach and open up and just blister that car sitting next to you. That's and, fun times. Yeah, you know, and the, the cool thing about power adders is so funny how they change with the times. Oh yeah, because you know me growing up in my teenage heyday, it was nitrous, nitrous, nitrous yep. everything. Nos. What? No, 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 no. I was a car guy, so I didn't say nos. But <laughs> it was it was like you know what I'm saying. I mean, you know, you had nitrous on your Mustang, you had nitrous on your Trans Am, you had nitrous on your moped. It don't matter. You put nitrous on nitrous. That was the answer to everything. See me for me, which I I do have nitrous capabilities. I'm just throwing that out there. But for me, it's seeing that big old monster blower just slammed out of the hood. Now see that's that cool does too. it for me. Oh, and I want to tell you something that. that that puts joy in my heart. You got you got two four barrels sitting up on top of it, doing all they can to feed it. A funny blower story. I got one for you. All right. We my dad used to do. He used to have a car lot, 
and he used to buy and sell a lot of odd stuff. He had a Jeep, and we are not Jeep people, <laughs> but he bought a Jeep that was called Raw Muscle. And this thing was about one notch below Bigfoot. <laughs> like, it was so wide, the, they had lights under the bumpers. It was so tall for headlights because the headlights were too high to legally drive it. Right. Um, had a small block Chevrolet. It was automatic. It had rear <laughs> steer. Oh, God. I don't know the size of the tires. At 19, they were about up to my eyebrow. <laughs> and this thing was candy apple. And I remember, and I'll never forget, like the shifter was like a beer tap. <laughs> this was like a, it was like a, like a early 80s, like indoor show car Jeep. All, All right. the chrome, suspect chrome rear ends under it. And somehow my dad traded for this thing. <laughs> and I convinced him to let me drive it to school. <laughs> and, and needless to say, long story short, I got banned from Wade Hampton for about a week or two for parking it on the steps. But anyway. <laughs> that's neither here nor there. That's some monster truck stuff there. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, you had to like, climb out on a tire and all this stuff. But anyway, he did some swapping around, and he traded for another odd rod. <laughs> a 1983 Cutlass. Oh, God. Let me paint a picture for you. 83 <laughs> Cutlass. I mean, it's a good-looking car. Pro Street. I'm talking 1432 or 1428s on it. I mean, so we're talking about 14 inch wide slicks on it. Mm-hmm. 383 stroker, 871 blower, <laughs> bright red, full fiberglass front end. This was a glorified drag car, full cage, <laughs> and it had headlights and taillights and brake lights. And we traded for this. And this car was absolutely gorgeous. Man, everything got polished, plated. It was a show car, but it was a glorified drag car. Right. And we drove it on the street. And I finally <laughs> convinced my dad to let me drive it to a cruise in. And I will never forget, I'm riding down way down the boulevard. And, and my dad followed me to the cruise in. Safely, yes. He followed me to the cruise in. But I said, Dad, I think I'm going to go ahead and head on back to the house about 9 o'clock at night. Daddy's sitting there shooting the bull with some of the guys. So I kind of fire that thing up, and whee, that blower just squealing, you know, just raising all kinds of hell. It's loud. He had header mufflers on, but that was it. <laughs> and I remember, I mean, it had a, it actually had a, uh, a turbo three fifty in it, but it was manual shift. Right. I mean, it had a trans brake, line lock. It was Every a drag time. car. Yeah. I mean, it was a drag car. And uh, I come driving out of cruising, you couldn't tell me nothing. You know, I'm over here, you know, this blower squealing. I mean, and this thing was bad news. I mean, just, you know, just, you know, had the skinnies on the front, down low, aluminum wing, adjustable aluminum wing on nice. the back. Had a parachute on the back of it. <laughs> so, uh, you know, and you had two batteries in the back, like a liftoff trunk. I mean, it was, it was a drag car. That's all it was. And I'm riding with a dealer tag on the back of it, which is even funnier. <laughs> But you know, could you imagine calling your insurance company? I like to put insurance on my '83 Cutlass. Like, yeah, they're like thinking like fifteen hundred dollar car at best. So here I am driving this thing, and my buddy Travis Hawkins had a Ford Torino with a 460. It was a '69 Torino that was grabber blue with a. It was automatic with a C6 in it. He pulled up beside me in a red light, and I came up on the brake. <laughs> on way down, I don't think I've ever told my father this, and if you're listening, Dad, I didn't mean it. This is. Total fictitious, just pretend it didn't happen. Anyway, <laughs> I come up on the brake on that thing. When I let off the brake, and I want to tell you something, I didn't, even, I wasn't even in it that hard, but it threw me back in the seat. <laughs> and and the thing that scared me about that, it scared me to death. But I mean, I mean, the car just took off. It didn't tote the wheels or anything like that when I left with. I mean, I didn't. I mean, we didn't do a bird out. We didn't do no street outlaw stuff. But it's as close as most people would ever get. I mean, I was a seventeen-year-old kid driving this thing. Right. Oh man, the times. I mean, that was just. 
beyond fun. I'll tell you another quick story. We're talking about, uh, you know, of course, Daytona Beach, Turkey Rod Run Time. Right. Dad took that car down to Daytona Beach to sell it. He actually had a guy, he said, man, I like that car. He took him for a test drive in it. The man wouldn't buy it because it was too fast. He gave him a hundred bucks and said it's way too much car for me. <laughs> That's funny. So I mean, but there's also other uh, force induction, you know, methods. There's, you know, well, or more power adder turbochargers, turbochargers, superchargers. Well, I mean, that I mean that's water. what we're talking about. But, um, and prochargers too. Uh, you ever owned a turbo? Which is a supercharger? It is a side mount supercharger. Have you ever owned a uh, turbo car? I have owned some. You know what? Actually, I have owned. Let's a say turbo. I've owned one too. I owned a turbo Volvo. <laughs> oh God, those are cool. Those though. things are a beast. Those are awesome. Those that was are, a, that was my little five liter Mustang eater. Probably one of the coolest, you know, just out of left field cars you could ever find as a turbo Volvo. Those things are awesome. Um, I had a. Uh, I was a little cooler. I had a two eighty ZX turbo car. Oh, so you were, you were five like, speed T tops, the whole works. Uh, the only bad feature the car had was a two plus two car. So, mm-hmm. but still, it still rocked it. It still looked good. Uh, Ferrari red as you could get. Um, this thing was awesome, man. You know, and, and the force induction, the power adder of that. You know, you could get a two forty in that time, and it didn't have that turbo. Mm-hmm. Or you could get the two eighty. That thing was awesome. And that little that little electric turbo on the side of the motor just sat there and scream. It was an electric turbo. It was an electric turbo. That's crazy. That was weird. It sat halfway down the motor. That's nuts. That's very weird. But uh, it the, was uh, awesome. The cool thing about the, uh, uh, the the cool thing about turbo cars is we got a guy at the shop. He's a big turbo guy. He's any car you ever think of with a turbo, he's had one. <laughs> he's had. I mean, Grand Nationals, Turbo Turbo Coupe Thunderbirds. And you were talking about another fun car. 2300 with a turbo. Oh, yeah. But you know, you got to think the cool thing about turbos is turbos weren't really uh, put on cars at first for power adders. It was a necessity in your diesel world. Well, no. Well, you know, a lot of your early diesels didn't have turbos. Yeah, and, like, and until they started adding turbos, I the mean, the 7.3 was probably the most notorious for added turbo. Um, you've seen the, a lot the of them banks. Yeah. Know, banks made a turbo kit. ATS made a turbo kit for them. I mean, like your 6.2 diesels. They didn't have turbos on. But they ain't hit gas jobs for a while. I mean, other well, than your stock applications. They were, and well, you know, some of your stock or some of your small import stuff. There was little turbo motors and things like that. But far as the V eight aftermarket or things right. like that, you didn't see that kind of stuff. No, and like the Grand National, it came out of left field. Yeah, the Grand National was definitely out of left field, and that was an awesome car. How about the Typhoons and the Cyclones? Oh, yeah. Those are also just the same thing. Just you know, le- coming out of left field with a. Uh, you know some uh, big aftermarket power adders. You know, well, oh yeah, well they were from the factory, but well, nonetheless. Thing, well, I mean the thing I think about actually speaking of cyclones, I see one online. Matter of fact, this past week for eighty five hundred bucks with fifty thousand miles on it. That's cheap. It was a typhoon. That's cheap. So it was a Jimmy. You know, oh yeah, the little blazer. Uh, that's cool. That's too awesome. Those things are fun. Absolutely. So moving on to another cool innovation, and, and this was good, especially if you're like me and you can't carry a tune in a bucket. How about the in car radio? The radio. Now, I've never, I've never been in a car without a radio. I've, well, let me rephrase. I think, uh, I think my '55 Chevy truck I had did not have a radio in it. Well, the the thing with my thing with the radio is I don't listen to them in old cars. I listen to the motor. I'm with you there. I'm, I'm I don't listen. To, but now, could you imagine driving to the beach? In a car with your wife or something yeah, another, just hop in radio. your hop in your normal SUV and heading to the beach and with a radio truck. Now my grandpa, my mom's dad, 
He never turned the radio on. That's weird. It blows my so mind. that's bad for business for people like me and you. I'm telling you. Like, if you're not turning your radio on, this is, this is bad business. No, no, no. We're, we're talking for nothing. <laughs> but, I mean, that's a that's an interesting feature that they would add that to a car, though. I mean, if you stop and think about it. I, I mean, mean, I mean, it's something, I'll be honest with you, I mean, it's not taking your eyes off the road or anything like that. I mean. No, it, it's a nice commodity. Whoever decided to do that, because I don't know the history behind the car radio or, you know, radio reaching car. Um, but whoever decided to make that merger was actually a genius, because it opened up a world of different things. Yeah. A world. A world. A world of talk radio. Oh, yeah. And people talking about cars On in your radio. car. Yeah, so you could be driving down the road coming home from your Thanksgiving dinner, uh, coming home from seeing your family, and listen to Hot Rods and Happy Hour. How so, that? So I want to get a little deeper with it. Well, You're in your car hearing about cars on the radio that was built for your car. That's just, I mean. In your car. That's like some Matrix stuff or something like Oh, yeah. Do, 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 do. All right. Well, while you're playing that tune, we got to play a tune to a different drum, and that is commercial breaks. All right, guys. Stay tuned. We're talking about innovations we're thankful for right here on Hot Rods and Happy Hour. On 106.3. All right, guys. Welcome back to Hot Rods and Happy Hour for this uh, Thanksgiving special. That's um, right. I am Odd Rod, and to my left, who is interrupting my wonderful, magnificent intro of this beautiful rock star of a legend right here from Greenville, South Carolina, Mr. Rob Pitts. How are you doing? Doing good, sir. Doing good. <laughs> happy to be here. Happy to be here. <laughs> happy to be here. Like a fat girl to prom, just happy to be here. Right on. So we're talking about automotive innovations we're thankful for on this belated Thanksgiving show. Um, and I got a good one I was sitting there thinking about because I've used this a time or two. Now, I don't know if you've dabbled in the dirt like I have. Dabbled in the dirt. But how about four-wheel drive? I can see where it's handy. <laughs> it's I can see where it's handy. It's Keep definitely my, useful. I'm a city boy, though. My idea of off-roading is like bumping a curb downtown. <laughs> No, well, if you've I'm ever, bumping the curb at Starbucks. Okay, so even if you're not a dirt dauber like me and you don't go playing off road, um, but you've ever needed it to have it is awesome. Oh yeah, snowy weather. You know, um, you were putting the boat off in the backyard and it got stuck because it's been raining. Four wheel drive is nice to have. That's a great innovation. A lot of cars, you know, like the BMW my wife drives. It's all wheel drive. You know, um, my uh, Silverado is all wheel drive. My Silverado is all wheel drive. So I mean, it, my Silverado is just four wheel drive that I'll never use, but <laughs> I just like them Z seventy one decals. Right, they look good on there too. But I mean, four wheel drive is a great innovation, and it's opened up a new uh, new uh, brand of the sport, you know, of motorsports uh, with all your off road guys. Hey, like, go to SEMA. Forty percent of the fields lifted trucks. Yeah, well, yeah. So four wheel drive is an awesome aftermarket. Speaking of SEMA, it's all awesome aftermarket application opened up with us too. Because, you know, now people are, like, lifting these trucks, and the bottom of it is just as beautiful as the top because they're so high. All you see is the bottom of it, so they have to be. But, I mean, that's opened the game up. And then, you know, in your off-roading, you know, people like trail riding and all. The Jeep, uh, you know, is the innovator of off-roading. Um, you know, you can have a lot of fun doing that. I used to do that back in the day. Yeah. You spend all your money and then go tear it up in the woods. Well, I mean, it's no different than drag racing, let's be honest. Yeah, At you, least you bring something back that looks like you did when you started with it. Well, if you're a good enough driver, you can do that off-roading, too. But, yes, I agree. Mm-hmm. You I get just off- can't, I can't get down with it. I mean, I did. I had a Jeep for a little while. And I just couldn't do it like, like you're talking about. Like my Jeep, I never forget. The Jeep I bought had like a roll in the rocker panel. And I guess yeah. it's where they run up on a stump or something with it. Right. And it didn't skin it, but it had that bend in it. Yeah. And he said, oh, yeah, man, that's street cred. That's street cred. No, 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 no. It's bent. That's what that is. Like, that bothered me. I can't handle that. I've never had an off-road incident, though I've been close. 
I've uh, I've about sank my old Tahoe quite a few times. Yeah, see, I couldn't. Scary times. Like having uh, mud and water up on the windshield. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yes. If I got mud and water on the windshield, I flipped it. <laughs> but I mean, you know, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of responsibility when off roading like that because the cleanup is paramount, and you'll never get clean again. It's, yeah, yeah, you'll just never the filth. Get, yeah, you'll the never, yarn. You'll never get all that mud and all that. I just, I mean, I'm cringing over here just talking about that, like. Yeah. That makes me want to check my cameras at the house and just look at the boot like shining in the garage. Yeah, just I'm make, like, sure, make sure, sure my baby's okay. <laughs> <sighs> but uh, it is a lot of fun though. Four wheel drive is a you know great innovation. Plus, you know, think about terrain back before you know there was a lot of mainstream roads. A lot of people didn't live on a paved driveway, so if it got real, the weather got bad. You know, four wheel drive is probably the only way to get home. I'm telling you. I mean, and see, this is the difference between me and you. Like, I mean, I broke up with a girl one time because she lived on a dirt driveway. <laughs> I'm just saying, listen, darling, I was going to pick you up, but it just ain't going to work. It just ain't going to work. W- w- what's wrong? Is it something I did? Uh, well, something your pappy did because he should have poured you a driveway. <laughs> Not saying the rough shallow or anything. Nothing like that. No. No, no, no. I just take my vehicles seriously, and you think I'm going to drive my Mustang down this dirt driveway? Have you lost your mind? <laughs> All right, guys, moving on to another great innovation I'm sure a lot of us can be thankful for as it was, you know, hot one day, cold the next here in South Carolina. How about heat and AC systems inside your car? That's what I'm saying. Hey, I want to tell you something. That cool breeze, now, back in the day, you know, they all had heaters. Yeah. But back in the day. Unless you're a Volkswagen and you put a little gas heater in there. Or, I mean, your Volkswagens actually had heat, but they actually ran off the manifolds. <laughs> and they had heat channels running through the floorboards, which worked kind of like breathing on the windshield. I mean, it was like defrost. <laughs> but, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, can you imagine getting in a car on a frosty day with no heat in it? Yeah, I mean. No defrost, no nothing. Now, luckily, heat started showing up in cars in the 20s. So that was an yeah. early on thing. That was really, really at the beginning of the game. But AC didn't start showing up till in the 40s. Well, and that was late 40s. Late then. 40, yeah. You're almost 50. So you're, you're talking about some awfully cold get, winters. And, and didn't get extremely popular till around the 70s. Oh, yeah. I mean, think about how many. I mean, it's rare that your 72 uh, pickup has AC in it. That, uh, it is it is fairly rare, especially in a pickup truck. Yeah. Uh, your Malibu is a non-AC car, isn't it? Correct. Yeah. And my, my 63 was a non-AC car. I mean, there, there's a lot of them out there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that carried up for a while. I mean, like, when did it start? It started in the seventies. In the seventies, it started getting fairly popular. Yeah. Um. So I mean, that's that's kind of odd. That's a long time to go with no AC when the invention of it. was... People just, were a lot tougher back then. I will agree there. I, all these conveniences we get make us weaker. I guess so. But I mean, yeah. I mean, think about some hot summers we have down here in the South with no AC. Some of us wouldn't be able to stand that. How about out in Vegas? Oh God. Or out in the desert. I mean, could you imagine? I mean, that's terrible. Uh, another good invention, we talked about this the other night, is, oddly enough, how about power steering? See, now, this is a double-edged sword. It really is. Because, you know, like, my 56 doesn't have power steering on it. And I had a 57 Ford didn't have power steering on it. And my 63 didn't have power steering. But, you know, I mean, going down the road, a, a non-power steering car drive is one of the better driving cars. Yeah, you never know it. You would never really know it going down the road. And plus, they feel tighter, the they steering do. does in them. Yep. The one thing is that when you're stopped and you're turning into a parking spot or doing a parallel park or something like that or going into a tight spot with it, <laughs> that's be- when you know you don't have power steering. You better have a good forearm game at that point. Oh, yeah. 
because it's going to use it. And then you get dumb like me and take the factory steering wheel out and put like a now small Now you know GT why they put that big steering wheel on Yeah, there. you got the school bus steering wheel in an old car to be able to actually turn it at low speeds. But, you know, dummies like me take that out, and I put the GT Grant steering wheel there, you know, that little, what? 13-inch. 13-inch steering wheel, and that really makes a man out of you turning the car into a tight spot. I tell you, and I tell you something else, it's funny how power steering changed over the years, because, like, you look at the power steering like a Musherville. Right. It's 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 there. I mean, you know, it's obviously easily easy to turn the wheel, but there's still a little resistance there. Yeah, absolutely. But now the power steering in my '72 pickup, you could steer that thing with your pinky. Yep, I could turn it all the way around. And a lot of it has to do with the gearbox. And it almost like... feels like it's not even connected to anything. That's how easy it turns. <laughs> That's crazy, isn't it? It is. Um, another good inv- innovation I wanted to talk about real quick is uh, disc brakes. Disc brakes is a very, very important innovation. <laughs> There's a very good one. Um, if you've ever lost the car, like my 63, uh, due to the fact of uh, something that disc brakes probably would have saved me on when the rear wheel cylinder went. Um, probably would have saved me if, if I had, had a disc du- brakes. If you, well, if you had a dual-pot master cylinder on it, I mean, yeah. that would you would have had front brakes or, you know, whatever. Yeah, so I, I would say more than disc brakes is modern braking systems in general. Well, I mean, the thing you got to think about, how about, let's go back one more step behind drum brakes when they had mechanical brakes. That's now, scary. You, this is glorified go-kart brakes. <laughs> yes. And we're yes. talking about V8 cars. We're running these things. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's that's scary crazy. That's sketchy. And evidently, they didn't have too many problems. But. Well, no, they had lots of problems, but I mean, they didn't have no solution for them, so it's just part of it. I mean, you know, it's kind of like polio. It was bad, but what can we do, you know? <laughs> right. But uh, the thing about the uh, about the disc brakes, though, disc brakes changed the game. And now you're seeing disc brakes in heavy, in heavy equipment and heavy trucks coming out. There's air disc brakes out now, which is insane. Disc brakes totally changed the world. Like I said, 1965 was the first year for disc brakes on the vets. Well, that's cool, too. Hey, real quick, uh, let's round this up. Give us something you're thankful for. What I'm thankful for? What you're thankful for. i tell you what. I'm thankful for this old girl. Hmm. She's about 52. Right. Beautiful. Right. Gets everybody's attention. Has been putting smiles on faces all her life. She must be talking about your mom. Lovely lady. No, I'm talking about the boo thing. My 65 oh, Chevelle. Oh, God. Man, I love that girl. Oh, God. All right, guys. In all seriousness, I'm thankful for all you listeners. I am, too. Um, my family at home, uh, my wife, uh, and my two dogs. Uh, thankful for all you guys. Uh, thankful Thankful th- for your awesome co-host. Right. for your Yeah, my awesome co-host. Your awesome co-host. Thankful to be doing this. I am, too. I'm thankful for all you guys out there, and I hope everybody had a wonderful Thanksgiving. All right, guys. Until next week, this has been Hot Rods and Happy Hour. On 106.3. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.